You are listening to Serve, Protect, Lead, a podcast from the International Association of Chiefs of Police, where you will hear from IACP leadership and police leaders across the globe, sharing wisdom, insight, and perspective. Hello, I'm Domingo Jerez, the Director of Programs at IACP, and I have the good fortune to lead a conversation today regarding a program at IACP funded and sponsored by the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services titled the Collaborative Reform Initiative Technical Assistance Center, or what we refer to as CRITAC. With me today for the conversation is President Dwight Henninger of IACP and also the Chief of Police in Vail, Colorado, as well as Mr. Rob Chapman, the Acting Director of the COPS Office at the U.S. Department of Justice. CRITAC was received from the COPS Office in 2017 and kicked off in 2018. The project includes participation and direction from 10 well-known public safety law enforcement associations, the International Associations of Chief Police, Fraternal Order of Police, National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives, Federal Bureau of Investigation, National Academy Associates, International Association of Directors of Law Enforcement Standards and Training, National Tactical Officers Association, National Association of Women Law Enforcement Executives, National Sheriff's Association, Major County Sheriffs of America, and the International Association of Campus Law Enforcement Administrators. All 10 of these organizations participate together to make the CRITAC initiative successful. The Collaborative Reform Initiative Technical Assistance Center, CRITAC, has has fielded more than 650 requests, almost 700, for assistance from campus, local, county, state agencies on critical issues. So it covers a broad range of topics, organizations, structures, all geared towards providing services back to the field. Rob, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit about how did this start? What was the idea behind this concept? Sure. Thank you, Domingo. Uh, In 2017, the COPS office was uh, looking for an opportunity to develop uh, a technical assistance and training mechanism under the Department of Justice that would deliver Uh, support resources that was field-driven, responsive to the needs of the field, uh, where we we were able to capture and address new and emerging issues and challenges, as well as more fundamental types of needs, uh, through a for-the-field, by-the-field approach. Uh, I just want to take a minute to recognize what, uh, to to, uh, my knowledge, is an unprecedented coalition of law enforcement associations that partnered with the IACP in this endeavor. It really is amazing just the range of, uh, of organizations that uh, came together to form this coalition. Uh, we think it's successful because of IACP and the rest of the partners. Uh, the, the collaboration's historic, represents leadership, labor, training, other vital organizations uh, that make up more than 422,000 of their members. So uh, it, it uh, was an opportunity for us to put training and technical assistance under DOJ uh, and allow uh, the law enforcement profession, the field, uh, to be in the driver's seat in how that training and technical assistance is developed and delivered. So, Rob, is, is that what makes it different from other training in TA that's offered by DOJ? Because DOJ does a plethora of training opportunities for the criminal justice system in particular, but also for us, the law enforcement agencies. Yeah, the short answer is it ab- absolutely makes it unique. Um, 
the, of course, the COPS office has a long history of providing important training and technical assistance uh, support and services. That can take a number of different uh, a num number of different uh, uh, forms or uh, mechanisms. But again, the, the uniqueness of this uh, of this uh, center, the power of it, is the for the field by the field approach, the validity that you're all's members, that your organizations bring to the support, and the expertise and, and experience that uh, you're able to provide to, to uh, agencies that are requesting these these services. Great, Chief. From from your perspective, being a police chief, and and certainly uh, you, you've had uh, experience with CryTech on the early on. Um, why is CryTech initiative so important? Start with for your agency, and then and then let's go into for the field in general. Well, from my perspective, this is uh, great on demand, you know, to help us with whatever the problem is because uh, it just doesn't work to say, well, this is a problem I need to fix, and wait. Uh, nine or 12 months to find a grant or find a training class. This is on demand. Uh, you just send in a request and the next week you're having a conversation about you know, with experts about how to fix the problem. It's, it's, just, it's just really wonderful. It's a, a great tool for those of us that don't have large research and, and training operations to, to you know, get the, the best and brightest from the 10 associations to make it possible to fix your, fix your issue. Wonderful. So um, within that context, you both kind of identified this, and I'll use a term that many people um, out in the country have often used uh, uh, as a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm from the Fed. I'm here to help. And um, as we sit here and we smile about that con concept or that comment, um, but this is different. I mean, this is real help. Uh, Chief, you mentioned, I mean, you don't have the, the a research facility or, or department or certain staffing that you may need or a training budget, as an example. Um, so I assume you don't look at this as heavy-handed from Washington. You mentioned those 10 organizations. So I guess it's important? And not at all does this feel heavy-handed. This is an opt-in. You, you make the outreach, initial outreach. Um, so whatever the issue happens to be, um, for me it was around de-escalation. I'd looked around for a, a good de-escalation course. I couldn't find one that uh, w was affordable or had, you know, good reputable folks doing the training, and and so I, I reached out to Crytac, and within a week we had a conversation with a bunch of experts, and and they helped me down a pathway. That's great, and and so when you look back on that um, experience with de-escalation training, have you seen it? Um, obviously, the officers went to the training and and received some instruction, et cetera. Has it made a difference when they came back? I mean, has it been able to um, perforate around the organization so that others see the same philosophy that, that those individuals went to the training did? Yeah, we're really lucky. We are able to do 40 hours of in-service training in the spring and the fall in, in between our ski season and summer season. And so uh, we did the training and uh, the officer who's now a sergeant that did the training uh, did a great job and he was very relatable to our employees. And then uh, we have implemented since in scenario-based trainings that we do on a regular basis. And uh, we're getting ready to do it again because we've had turnover, and it's, well. it's time to, to re-up uh, on the de-escalation training. But I think that's the most requested uh, um, ask that you've had for the CryTac program is actually de-escalation de training. That's correct. It is. That, uh, that's a good point. And, and, and I think that uh, you make another great point that when I, when I look at the longevity, Rob, of the CryTac program, it's hard to say, okay, in a typical grant scenario, Here's some seed money, get it started, and is it done? In the sense that, is it ever really done? Because the turnover in law enforcement, just the retirements, we have new staff coming in, and, and like the chief said, he wants all of his officers trained in a particular area. 
it's it's on a constant treadmill around the country that you need to keep retraining new officers in some of these areas. Yeah, I mean, just in a few short years, I think 700, uh, approaching 700 uh, law enforcement agencies that have requested these resources is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a drop in the bucket in terms of the needs. Uh, and we know the needs in, in policing are varied. It's, it's uh, a, an extremely challenging profession. These are extremely tough times. Um, and so uh, while we've been able to, to deliver significant resources, uh, you know, we'd, we'd like to uh, make sure that this re- is a resource that's available to the profession uh, so that we can continue to reach many, many more agencies. You make a really wonderful point because it, things do change so quickly. And uh, this program has been able to, to pivot really quickly. And, and I think that's the super uh, important strength of it for, for the field is that, you know, when hate crimes became an issue just recently, we were able to address that quickly. And, and uh, you know, each time there's been an issue, we were able to quickly pivot and make that happen. So thank you. Is that, is that the, the underlying context of the by the field, you know, for, for the field kind of thing? That uh, the field, like Chief is saying, look, hate crimes is an issue I want my officers to, to be aware of in, in Vail. And, um, you know, it's not Washington saying it. It's really the field. It's all the IACP members out there saying we have this issue. You know, every community is different. And every community, like you said, Chief, is, has a different issue that they need to address and then they have Crytac they can turn to to address their different issues. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that uh, speaks to my early, earlier point of this re- really being established uh, to be responsive, uh, not just responsive to more fundamental kinds of needs, but responsive to new and emerging issues. Just recently, we partnered with the Law Enforcement Innovation Center at the University of Tennessee uh, to uh, deploy two law enforcement de-escalation trainings, uh, a direct training and the train the trainer. We've also uh, uh, coordinated with the Arlington, Texas Police Department uh, and IADLIST, one of the uh, one of the partners in CryTac, to develop and release a training to enhance law enforcement's ability to recognize and respond to hate crimes. Uh, we also are uh, redeveloping two trainings that are going to train, uh, encourage, and empower law enforcement personnel to actively intervene when needed to prevent colleagues from uh, committing policy or procedural mistakes uh, or unprofessional or unethical or criminal conduct. So uh, those are just three short of examples of how uh, we've been able to expand from the dozens and dozens of topics that we started off with, and we're continually evolving that menu of services and, and support uh, the topics that law enforcement agencies can select from to make sure that we are capturing those new and emerging needs. So it's the topics of the day that um, arise from the field and that need to be addressed, and this becomes a vehicle which they, in a way in which they can be addressed uh, based on the needs of the respective police chiefs. I think one of the most important things is there's not a cookie-cutter yes. response. Um, I, as the agency head, get the opportunity to have a conversation about what my needs are and hear what the, the services that are existing and make a decision what I want from those services. So like right now, recruiting and retention is an issue for all of us. The, the rise in violent crime, if those are problems that you're having in your community and with your agency, this is a perfect place to get some technical assistance at no cost to you to make it uh, you know, really helpful to get some experts because we never know all the answers ourselves. So this is a great way to get that you know, help from the people who are experts around the country. That's interesting, Chief. You mentioned at no cost. That was always one of the challenges we've had in this program 
You didn't say, say free. No, no yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. And we say, okay, if something's free, does it have value? You know, or if it's too good to be true, it probably is. All those sayings we grew up with. And and the irony to this effort is that um, in this project is it, it is too good to be true. It's it's a wonderful opportunity, and it is free. It's no cost to the agency. And, and the value from the evaluations, I assume, Rob, have shown great positive results based on what the chief just said? Yeah, we, we routinely gather, uh, in fact, systematically gather feedback from the agencies that uh, we're working with. And uh, through survey data, we know that 94% of the agencies stated that uh, the resources that have been provided to them were effective in meeting the goals that they uh, uh, that they sought out to address uh, through that support. So uh, we're, we're asking folks whether the uh, technical assistance and training, uh, training meets their expectations, uh, whether it addressed and was relevant to their identified challenge or need, uh, whether it was relevant to the broader agency, and whether ultimately it helped the other agency address the problem. And, uh, and across the board, the, uh, the answers to all those questions are very positive. So again, the direct feedback that we're getting from the folks receiving uh, these resources uh, has been uh, overwhelmingly positive, and that's not surprising to us. This is this is not the Department of Justice coming from Washington D.C. to you yeah. know to deliver these resources. These are for the field by the field resources. We know that the policing is a profession that likes to uh, take stock in and and learn from the lessons of their their colleagues across the country. That's a great thing, whether it be after action reviews or organizational assessments. Uh, that is uh, really the spirit in which this was designed. It's allow, allowing uh, agencies to tap into the experiences and lessons from their colleagues who have happened to uh, have significant experiences and and have developed expertise around these topics. So again, it's deploying those those folks from the field who are leaders in the profession to allow them to go out and work in a one-on-one way with their colleagues and other agencies in need of that support. So I, I think it's unique. That's interesting. And, and, and Chief, we see that with uh, right with the IACP conference. The annual conference, we get, you know, 18,000 people roughly coming together. And, you know, you have a plethora of workshops that uh, teach X, Y, or Z in the, uh, in the business. But really it's that sharing of information amongst your colleagues, right, that, that you, you look to when you need help. You look to your colleagues. Every time the evaluations from the conference are about the networking opportunities and building that uh, network of trusted experts. And as a chief, as you know, there's just not that many people to go to to ask questions of. And that is, is really, you know, another example of why CRITAC is so helpful is it's that trusted group of folks that you maybe don't know are experts and you haven't met yet, but they're going to be people who will be able to give your agency the help it needs. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, Rob, CRITAC, you know, as I mentioned previously, in 2017, 2018, um, Part of a, an initiative in the last administration, although it came out of the cops office, so it's not like it's White House driven specifically, but uh, it survived. And it, it, it's now in a new administration, in, in, in the Biden administration, and as our president. And, and um, it seems to me that the survival of this is based back on what you said earlier, both you gentlemen said, about by the field, for the field. Because it's really hard to say, well, if it's, if it's field-driven and field-supported, how do you say no? However, at the same time, um, any administration has challenges. And, and criminal justice issues are always a challenge for every administration. Um, we hear today about violent crime and various things. And, you know, previous administrations dealt with violent crime and gangs and what have you. So 
How does this, how do you feel, Rob, in this case, this fits into the current administration's direction and philosophies as it relates to within the Department of Justice? Yeah, the short answer is it fits in perfectly. Um, uh, the the model is, as we talked about, is very flexible, so it can adapt to new and emerging needs. Um, but I think most importantly, the reality is is that um, that this uh, is intended to support uh, positive policing, good policing, um, and I think that's that's something that uh, that we can we can all uh, get behind. So. Uh, when we first developed it, you know, we, we had a pretty significant menu of topics that uh, were uh, broadly responsive to uh, what the field was saying that they needed support in, and of course that's that's expanded over time, and uh, we are able to adapt uh, based on our administration's priorities, but uh, the, our current leadership at the Department of Justice is very supportive of CryTech, and it's something that we are absolutely looking to sustain. That's great. Yeah, and it, and it seems to me that when you, when you look at the, the context of over the years, many, many years, many, many administrations, and the idea of uh, collaborative reform, assistance with law enforcement, um, consent decrees, and the various thing, various pieces that different administrations have uh, worked with to um, uh, work with law enforcement agencies. This seems like one that balances them all out. It's a nice piece to the puzzle. You know, everything has its place. And this also has its place, it seems to me. It balances out some of the other aspects. There may be, you know, agencies that need uh, consent decrees and need to go in that direction um, because of certain failures. But this allows other agencies, Chief, I would assume, to keep from going in a direction of, of what you even look at or your mayor or council look at as problematic within the relationships between the community and the police. Absolutely, Domingo. It's... Uh... It's, it's a great way to, to deal with those problems that are vexing and you really don't know where to go with. And it's so easy, really. You just go online, you answer a few questions, and, 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 you, and somebody calls you up and, and helps you with some expertise, and then you get to decide what you want to do with it. So it, it couldn't be easier. That's great. And I do want to emphasize that. That's interesting because we tried in working between IACP and the COPS office of trying to streamline this as much as possible. Mm -hmm. and, and, Chief, you're right. That's what happens. You, you, you Online, crytech.org, you come in, fill out a form, or you call the IACP office. You get, get connected to crytech staff. Information is, is gathered. We then reach out immediately, mm -hmm. like you said, to, to the chief, to the uh, maybe it's a commander or major or what have you, that submitted in, in the information, make sure the chief's buy-in is there because it has to have the chief law enforcement uh, officer's uh, buy-in. And they, the team, working with all these 10 organizations, prepares a game plan, runs it by the cop's office, runs it by the police agency. What do you, what do you all think? So it, it, it's both buy-in from the, the federal government. Yeah, this makes sense, the, 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 the work plan that's come out. And the chief, of course, and the department says, yeah, this is perfect. It's exactly like what I was looking for. Or they come back, well, we like to tweak it here because this, this part is really what's edgy for us and, and important for us. So we'd like to go and add a little bit more in this direction. And that happens all the time. And I think that that's an important thing to, to remind the audience that um, how, um, how this can spin immediately into a direction that benefits ultimately that community versus, you know, again, the, the basis in Washington. And I... Um, the other aspect I think of is, you know, that that leads to the longevity of it and the partnerships. Rob, have you seen, and Chief, you too, have you seen um, 
such a level of partnership with 10 leading law national slash international law enforcement organizations. I know IACP, Chief of that, you know, relationship with one time or another, this time with the FOP, this with National Tactical Officer Association, IATLIST, whatever, but all of them together? I mean, has, has that, I don't want to say it's a rare occurrence, but it doesn't happen often, does it? I think Rob used the term unheard of. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's really wonderful. And I, the, the most important part is you're able to build on the strengths of each of, each of those organizations and the body of work of each of them. And, and uh, getting everybody working together has been a wonderful opportunity for each of our associations to build better relationships. That's great. It tru truly is uh, unprecedented. I mean, I, I, in my experience, I'm not aware of any other initiative that has uh, had a coalition this broad um, come together with a singular purpose, not just in the formulation of the plan, but in the execution of all these support and resources that they're providing to their members. It's just a, uh, oftentimes we just have to take a step back and take stock at the power of the organizations that are, that are involved in, in uh, CRITAC from the National FOP to the FBI National Academy Associates, uh, the Campus Law Enforcement Administrators, IADLIST on the training and standard side, uh, major county sheriffs, uh, NALI, National Association of Women Law Enforcement Executives, Noble, National Sheriffs Association, and the National Tactical Officers Association, just a breadth of experience, a breadth of membership, all coming together to, uh, to work in collaboration uh, uh, to uh, make sure that the support and resources that are being provided uh, to the agencies that are requesting it uh, are representative of practitioner experience. Ten leading law enforcement associations have worked together on this initiative for the past four years and are still as strong working together today as they were back in 2018. I think that's clearly a reason why we say unheard of. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. They, they they meet twice a week. They've been doing that for four years. They work together on working to help identify what that plan is for the local agency that comes into, uh, into request through CRITAC. Yeah, that, that's amazing. For four years, meeting every week and, uh, and, and still staying together as a group. That's phenomenal. And it's not uh, unintentional that collaborative is in the name. Yeah, it's, we we want to be collaborative with the agencies to make sure that the, that the resources that they're getting meet their needs. And so you talked about some of the back and forth that, that takes place just so we can make sure that there, it is a, a tailored uh, set of resources that's delivered. This is not off-the-shelf canned support. This is completely tailored. But it's also collaborative between these national organizations. If I may uh, just go back to another point that you, you made, uh, we do have a continuum of uh, ways in which the Department of Justice engages uh, with, uh, with state and local law enforcement, tribal law enforcement. Uh, and uh, this represents an important uh, piece uh, of that continuum. Uh, we certainly uh, have enforcement powers within the department. The COPS office has a primary mission to support law enforcement. And so we see CRITAC as one of the most fundamental ways that we can work uh, proactively with uh, agencies that might be experiencing some challenges or they might have some significant needs. And this is a way for us to work in collaboration with our national partners, the stakeholder organizations, uh, and these local agencies in need of, in need of support to make sure that uh, we can proactively provide that assistance. That's great. Um, and it has been a great experience with, with the project, unlike in my career, any that I've ever seen. Um, that's why I'm so excited to, to you know, have this conversation with the two of you as experts in the field. The, the other thing we talked about was the ability to pivot. We've had a crisis in our country over the last couple of years. We've all lived through 
COVID-19. And uh, law enforcement, no matter uh, what other recommendations and health-related issues have been out there with schools or the workplace or other scenarios in our communities, law enforcement still has had to be out there 24-7, um, still addressing it. Unfortunately, uh, through COVID, you know, was it last year we lost more officers in the line of duty um, because of uh, COVID uh, than we obviously had previously, and um, which health disease, if you will, was unheard of. Um, but Crytek stepped in. Crytek did, a, my understanding is, did a, a whole report on COVID-19 and tried to gather information and best practices that are happening out there. And I assume, Chief, uh, you know, with that type of information, uh, with your department as well and other departments out there, could learn, you, you said it earlier, learn from others of what they were doing, how they were issuing citations, how, they, how to keep the officers healthy and safe in during COVID-19 in that sort of scenario. I think we've all learned from um, departments around the world about how to do a better job in a policing during a pandemic that none of us had any experience with. And uh, I think this is an example of something that's really been working well of our ability to net share information much better than we ever have been able to before. Great. Rob, there's a report, I think. There, there is a report and there were um, so several specific uh, efforts uh, uh, to look at uh, some of the some of the unique challenges that uh, agencies were encountering under COVID. It's just the way that the groups were able to galvanize, of course, uh, operating uh, under under the conditions that we've seen during the pandemic uh, were made uh, uh, an what was already some challenging circumstances even more so and so uh, the groups really came together galvanized uh, tried to pull together some best practices uh, quickly package those resources and created an open line of communication to the field so they could help their uh, their colleagues uh, across the country deal with really a change in circumstances and a whole new way of doing business in some cases based on what the what the pandemic was was presenting to them sharing information you know, it's, it's not just intel. You know, when we think of that side with law enforcement, there's intelligence information needs to be shared, information sharing on criminal justice systems and what have you. But uh, everyday work, you know, it, uh, so you can learn from your colleagues. Clearly, one of the most important things we do, none of us are smart enough to figure it all out. Um, and this is a great way to share that, that information. And I just want to also, uh, you know, thank you and your team and all the members from the 10 associations that have been active in making this a, a very worthwhile program for the field. Thank you, sir. And IACP certainly is, is proud to partner with the organizations and, uh, as you've mentioned, and um, pleased to be able to lead this effort in partnership with the uh, uh, Department of Justice Office of Community-Oriented Policing Services. So the final piece I have for you is, um, if you were to address the field directly in this podcast, what do you want to tell, what, what is the last piece you want to share with them or reiterate that's the most important piece? You know, we, we, we've talked about, you know, addressing critical topics, recruitment, hiring, you mentioned, Chief, violent crime, Rob, you mentioned that, community engagement, use of force, those are all topics uh, under CRITAC uh, that we've been able to do, and we mentioned it being a valuable tool. What, what do you want to leave the audience with uh, to remind them relative to CRITAC? Chief, I'll start with you. I know that every sheriff and chief of police, and by de facto the people that work for them, um, have some vexing problem facing them or their community. And this is an opportunity to get some expert help in dealing with that problem. So don't pass it up. It's no cost to you. 
reach out to CryTac and, and ask for that help, whatever that vexing problem is that's facing your organization. Rob? So the, the COPS office was actually established with a singular mission to support law enforcement and advance community policing. We know that uh, law enforcement is an extremely demanding profession that's ever-changing. Uh, CRITAC can assist your agency as you go about trying to address public safety uh, and organizational issues in a way that allows you to focus on maintaining strong and healthy communities. Uh, it'll provide you with direct access to the very best that the profession has to offer, those who have navigated the issues that you're facing. Uh, we understand that resource challenges exist in many agencies, and all the training and technical assistance that's provided under CRITAC is, uh, is absolutely free of charge and involves a low pro uh, burden process. We try to make it as easy for you as possible. Uh, so we just encourage you to, to visit the website. It's collaborativereform.org to learn more about it. Uh, I certainly want to thank our partners, IECP and the other partners, and uh, feel free to reach out to IECP or the COPS office if you have any questions. But uh, please do check out the website, collaborativereform.org. I want to thank today our uh, two guests for this podcast here at IECP, President uh, Henninger from Vail, Colorado Police Department and Acting Director of the COPS Office, United States Department of Justice, Rob Chapman. Thank you both gentlemen for being with us today and sharing uh, your information and, and support and, and knowledge of this uh, wonderful program called CRITAC. Gentlemen, thank you very much for the conversation today. Appreciate thank you, Domingo, it. and thank you to the COPS Office. Thank you, Chief.